Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, folks. Today is Monday, February 24th, which means I am on day 72 of 365 promised episodes. It brings you movies, music, sports, entertainment, and all things except politics each and every day, one in a row. Here we go. Now, folks, the big news in the world of Peter Gabbett is that I had a kid last night at 2 a.m., I don't know why I said I had a kid. Clearly, it was not in my belly. My wife had the child, but I was there by her bedside, and guess what? That's right. I fainted. Yep, never happened to me before. Watched two other children get born, had no problem, was, you know, had my face in the whole mess of stuff. I mean, not really like that, but still, I saw the placenta. I saw the umbilical cord. They asked me if I wanted to eat that stuff. And all kinds of messed up things before nothing. No problem whatsoever. This time around, just as they were administering the epidural into her spinal cord, I blacked out. They had to revive me with smelling salts. They cracked open this little red thing and just waved it around in front of my face and I was breathing it in and I came back to life. But oh my gosh, folks, I cannot believe what happened to me. I felt pathetic. I was, I was like, hey, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry that I had to pull the nurses away from my wife while she was in labor so they could help me not be passed out on the ground. This was crazy. I had to suck down apple juice to get my sugar levels back up and other things. I felt like a little baby. But I gotta say, my child was born, and it was magical, and her name is Leia. Yes, as in Princess Leia. Yes, I'm a Star Wars fan. Yes, that had something to do with it. Not everything. We did discuss many different names, but my wife is kind of picky, and for some reason, she actually came out with the name Leia, and I was like, yeah, of course I'll take a name from Star Wars. It's either Leia or Mandalorian. Clearly joking on the Mandalorian, but yes, Princess Leia was born today at 2 a.m. Congratulations to my beautiful wife and myself for adding our third child to our wonderful family. We now have a family of five. This is incredible. I am on my way to a journey like no other. I will never sleep again, that is certain. I will have no friends or life whatsoever as well. But you know what? It will be worth it to be with this beautiful baby. Magical, just magical. That's all I'm going to say about that. I don't want to annoy everybody. I also have to put in a little bit of info about Kaiser Permanente. Yes, they're overpriced, but I was at their new complex off of Kearney Mesa in San Diego, and it was top of the line. Technologically better than any hospital I've ever seen. Everything was automated. Everybody was super organized. Every single nurse was just top-notch, super caring, not annoying in the least bit. Every time we called somebody they were in, within a second, they took care of her, got the baby out in only three quick pushes. It was crazy how awesome this place was. I mean, flat screens in every room, 70 inches, built into the walls. You can order food off of them, watch videos about how to take care of your kid, every channel you can think of. This place was incredibly clean. I could not find a speck of dust in the entire building. In fact, at 6 a.m. while trying to sleep, there was people outside with, you know, leaf blowers. That was kind of annoying. But the walkway was so clean, I don't even think I saw a single leaf 
anywhere near that place, and there's trees. This place, Kaiser Permanente, was incredible. I loved them. I had my doubts. They've got high prices. They've got shitty insurance. But it is worth your dollar. Give it a whirl. Never go to Scripps. Never go to Sharp. Scripps is okay, but it's old and ghetto. Sharp was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Bad experience. Don't go to Sharp. Go to Kaiser Permanente. In sports news, folks, the Blazers proved that they are nothing without their star, Damian Lillard. Last night, they barely could beat the absolutely horrendous Detroit Pistons. In fact, they were up, I think, 30-11 to in the first quarter and ended up losing their lead several times throughout the game. I don't know how that's possible, but I'm guessing it has something to do with their multiple all-star three-point shooter from anywhere on the entire court, king and best rapper in the NBA by far, Dame Dalla, Damian Lillard. He should be back this week, folks, so things will look up. If you take into consideration that the Blazers either lose by 10 or less or win by only a couple, if you add the factor that is Damian Lillard, who scores at least 25 points a game for them every single game, you have a team that can win. However, I'm still wondering where Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins are. I feel like they've made a living now sitting on the bench. Welcome to the world of Greg Oden. Hope you guys enjoy keeping your spot warm, sitting in that chair with your terrible turtlenecks and hideous, just really not tailored well suits that you wear at each game, making you look even more like fools since you never, ever play and still get paid. And it looks like the Morris brothers will be able to carpool to the Staples Center, or at least to L.A. from wherever the hell they're going to choose to live. Or maybe they'll live together, as now the Lakers have picked up the other Morris brother. So now the Clippers have a Morris, and the Lakers have a Morris. This is weird. They're twins. They both play for an L.A. team. They're both guaranteed into the playoffs this year unless some crazy weird thing happens where every single team underneath the Clippers somehow starts winning more games than everyone else, which will not happen. I'm excited to see this, folks. This reminds me of a time when Ken Griffey Sr. played with Ken Griffey Jr. on the Seattle Mariners and they hit back-to-back home runs. And it reminds me of a time when Bobby Bonds coached Barry Bonds. You know, but that's all father and son stuff. This twins thing is crazy. You've got Robin and Brooke Lopez. You've got Marcus and Markeith Morris. How can this many twins be exceptional in a sport and make it to the major leagues or the NBA or the NFL? I am impressed with this. These guys must have practiced together their whole lives. And they probably got along better than me and my brothers when we were young. I wanted nothing to do with them. They were super mean. But these guys... Boy, they must have worked hard and just been the best of friends, and I'm proud of them. I can't wait to see what this Clippers team can do once they fully integrate the Morris brother that they have. I can't even remember which one it is. I think it's Marcus and Markeith to the Lakers. Either way, they're twins. They play the exact same. They can both hit threes. They both got a clean jump shot. They can rebound. These guys are as twin as you can be. I fully expect they'll retire on the same year, and perhaps they'll both retire from an L.A. team.
Well, it looks like Weinstein was convicted of third-degree rape after all. That's what you get for being a dirty, rotten scumbag. But again, I must point out that if it's consensual in order for the person to get a job somewhere, then the female herself once again chose to have sex with him. He never put a gun to someone's head. He never put a knife to anyone's throat. He simply offered the chance to further their career by having sex with him. I don't think that is called rape. That is called convincing a girl to screw. Sure, it's pathetic, and it's probably a little inhumane. And I will say, I've never ever attempted something like this in my life. I fully put my cards on the table and tell people I have nothing to offer, and still somehow I got late enough to have three kids. But Weinstein, I'm not certain, can, can be called a rapist. You know, unless you f drug somebody and they wake up with a hurt bum and they can tell that it was because of you, you know, a roofie colada was served to them that night, whatever the case. But this guy simply convinced women to screw him in a very convincing manner for a part in a movie or to further their career. And here he is going to prison for rape. I gotta admit... This hashtag MeToo thing is getting out of hand. I think now men are afraid to hit on women because in the end, is that is that sexual assault? If you flirt with a girl now, what do you want from guys? You want us to all walk around with our penises tucked in between our legs and nobody looking at you ever again? Then don't dress like a slut and don't have sex with directors to get parts in movies. This is absurd, but I will say... He looks more and more like a dirty, rotten scumbag as he spends time in custody. So perhaps everyone's right about him. You know, lock him up. Throw away the key. I don't give a crap about this guy anyways. But I must say, things are getting a little out of hand with the hashtag me too and hashtag woke BS. Some terrible stuff happening in the world of comics and comic book movies, folks. Now it is said to be rumored that... With a break-off of AT&T's DDO, which was a mastermind behind many of the new DC movies and comics, they have decided to possibly merge with some directors from Marvel and potentially end up just being bought out by Disney and have DC and Marvel run by the same organization. This is... A disaster waiting to happen. We cannot allow this. The whole battle between which is better, the dark DC or the happy-go-lucky Marvel, we want that to keep going. It's all going to be the same petty crap if they merge. We don't want to go back and forth between DC and Marvel if it's the same type of movie every time. We want to see a dark Batman movie. And then we want to see a uppity, funny, comical Iron Man movie. Not the same thing on both sides. This is not smart. I don't understand why this is even being considered. But I am not on board with this. Not that my say has anything to do with anything in the world. I mean, I'm saying this right now and virtually no one who has any connection to either of these companies will ever hear my voice for the rest of their lives. But even still, 
I have to demand that this does not occur. DC it has always been my favorite, always will be, and if it gets bought out by Disney, it's going to become a soft PG just pile of crap with a bunch of the characters changed to be more progressive and politically correct, and they're going to just take away all the classic characters that I love so much and morph them into some transvestite freaking choosing their gender, weird, crazy, new age BS. I can't take it. I must continue to see these amazing classic characters in the way they're supposed to be portrayed, and I've been waiting for the next round of Green Lantern or the Flash movie. You know, what's going to happen if all these things merge with Marvel? They'll put it on hold like they do with everything else. They make us wait for one Marvel movie per year. And now with the Disney Plus thing happening, if you don't pay for the stupid app that is Disney Plus, then you'll never get to see Loki and, you know, these other ones with, with Scarlet Witch. I'm not even that interested in those, but there's still superhero shows and movies, and of course we want to watch them. So don't force us to wait even longer. It's much more fun when DC comes out with something, and a couple months later Marvel comes out with something. Because then we're not bored out of our minds waiting for that next movie while we watch Sonic the Hedgehog with Jim Carrey. <laughs> There's too many obvious obligations when you have a new child that you have to fulfill. First, you got a Facebook, because I'm old, so I do that. A picture of the baby, but you don't want to have your wife's boob in it, so you got to cover that up. But then the baby's crying because she wants to latch onto the boob as soon as she comes out of the womb. So you gotta wait for that perfect moment so she doesn't look like a slime-covered mess that's sad and just pathetic. Then, after you do the Facebook, you realize, I gotta do the Instagram. You know, who am I to have an Instagram account and I'm not focusing on my family, especially my newborn child. I have to post an Instagram pic of my child she just got born. And then you wonder... Should I Snapchat this? No. Snapchats for 13-year-old girls trying to get a boyfriend. Nobody wants to see a picture of a baby on Snapchat. So then you wonder, should I be FaceTiming, you know, so people can get a better look who are closer family members? Or is it too embarrassing for your wife who still looks like she's been through complete hell because she has been hair all astray, you know, boobs out, Belly still kind of protruding, even though there's no baby in it now. And of course, all kinds of fluids coming out from the other end. I mean, they, there's too many obligations, people. Can't we just tell everyone with one quick sentence, hey, I had the baby, you know, maybe a group text, whatever. And then in a week, if you feel like it, you can come see my now clean baby, which you can hold. And I have, you know, formula and bottles and things for them in case the wife's not around so, you know, she doesn't squirm around, get all crazy and sad and want want the boob right away. She always wants the boob. Every kid wants the boob. Now I hold my kid right when she's born. She doesn't want me. I don't have any milk coming out of my boobs. She still tries to latch on to everything that, you know, just put your finger in there or whatever. That's got to taste like shit. Either way, there's just too many obligations now with a major life event, 
I say we go back to the days where you see somebody a few months later and you say, oh, by the way, I had a kid. Here's a couple pics of them. That's it. You know, no more of this. Why didn't you send me a picture of your kid? Or why didn't you Facebook right away? Why didn't you, you know, because I don't feel right when these nurses are covered in slime and stuff and they're pulling out, you know, sacks of liquid and things and asking me if I want to eat it because that's what people do now because they're so disgusting. I think that we should just wait and have a better time when the baby's ready to see you. One thing that makes me wonder about hospitals is if they know their food sucks. You know, every hospital has shitty food. There's no good food at a hospital. You might find like one slightly more edible than other item in their entire cafeteria, but for the most part, it smells like a medical office anyways. You don't really want their food because you know it's going to be bad. Pre-packaged crap with a big fat guy wearing a hairnet who, like, makes you feel stupid when you order off their weird menu. That's not the way it should be. Why don't these major restaurant companies just jump in? You know, for every delivery room type of hospital, throw a Denny's up in there. That way we can get our French toast, maybe a crepe or two, and some some delicious see-through transparent flimsy bacon. I mean, even that stuff's better than hospital food for the most part. Or throw a, a panera bread in there. What's wrong with panera bread? You get your your soup, your salad, your sandwiches? Isn't that what you, you should be eating at a hospital anyways? Not whatever special they have because a guy wheeled it in on a dolly and you had some leftover old fish that was in the back so you made a protein plate you know, and then the nurses, oh, I'm on a diet, so I'll get the protein plate. This is crazy. I, I just don't understand it. Even a Mickey D's up in there. I mean, not for me, but pregnant women, they want Mickey D's. When they're done having their kid, the first thing on their mind is, yes, I can eat a Big Mac, take a shot of tequila, and smoke a cigarette again. You know, don't get me wrong. I like none of those things. They're all terrible. But I have the option to leave. The women don't. They're stuck there. Give them something better than a fruit cup and some jello. Now, folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbit podcast that I do every episode, whether you like it or not. And it is Real Stories brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst, the most dashing debonair I've ever met. It happens to be me. Barbecuesion, B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N, also a company I own, so of course they sponsor me. Today, folks, I'm going to tell you the story about when I went to a UFC event. Yes, I was not in Vegas. I was not in Anaheim. I was not anywhere near those places. I was in Portlandia. Yes, the City of Roses. When I still lived there, I got a call from my good friend Nathan. He hits me up and says, hey man, you want to go to this UFC event? I got two tickets. It's a live pay-per-view and nobody wants to go. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. I didn't even think UFC came to Portland, which after that it never did again because they got blacklisted. Until recently, where they're doing a UFC fight night live in Portland soon, which won't lose them as much money when nobody shows up. But the pay-per-view, it was way too expensive. $250 a ticket for the most part for the shistiest seats you can find. 
so he hits me up. He says, hey, I got this free ticket. You want to go? Of course I'm going to say yes. I'm not going to pay, but I'll say yes. And after the event, he even had these additional charity tickets to an event run by Randy Couture, who is a native Portlandian, for autism, which, uh, you know, little did I know, I believe his son, yes, somebody in his family, uh, suffers from that, and he wanted to do a charity event where you could buy additional tickets to that and meet him in person. So, we go to this UFC fight, which at the time it was at a place called the Rose Garden. It is now known as the Moda Center. It is where the only professional sports team that anyone cares about in the Northwest, Portland Trailblazers, play their basketball games. Of course, there's the Seattle Seahawks a little further north, but in Portland, there's nothing except the Blazers and, of course, the Timbers, and nobody watches soccer. So, we are at the Rose Garden getting ready for this UFC event. When we walk in, there is nobody. It is just empty. We could not believe it was actually occurring on that night with how little amount of people were in there. So what did we do, of course? We went so close, we could almost get sweat and blood spatted on us from the seats we were in. We snuck up to a really close, like maybe 10 rows back from the actual octagon, and nobody noticed or gave a shit. So there was three fighters from Portland fighting that night. I was excited to see them all. For some reason, two out of three of them are red-headed. And actually, Randy Couture could have had red hair, but I've never seen his hair because he's always been bald. But two out of three of the Portlandian guys were redheads. Ed Herman from Portland, Chris Lieben also, and, of course, Randy the Natural Couture. So we're pretty excited. We're like, oh, man. You know, three Portland fighters fighting. They're all fairly great fighters, so we expect to see at least a W, you know, for our for our guys. No, not one of them won their fights. All three got the shit kicked out of them. Of course, Randy Couture is on the end of his career anyways, having come back multiple times to get beat, only to tarnish what was one of the greatest and will always be a great Hall of Fame career in the UFC. He will be known as one of the best ever during a time where they didn't get paid much and they went through hell and he fought in pride fighting too. I mean, he went through the ropes. Nobody had to do the stuff that these guys had to do to prepare the UFC to be what it is today, where guys only fight two or three times a year. They get paid millions of dollars. You know, UFC headlines it on pay-per-view. ESPN now owns it. None of that happened back then. This was like right when that started to happen and the Ultimate Fighter show was kicking out fighters left and right, one of them being Chris Lieben, who was fantastic on the show, but in his UFC career, things went up and down for him and they definitely went down. The night that we watched him fight, he got his ass beat. Shortly after that, Ed Herman also got destroyed. And of course, the headlining fight of the night for the pay-per-view was Randy Couture against God knows who, I don't remember, but they beat the shit out of him. It was pretty sad to watch, folks. I have to admit, we left the arena with our heads down, but we still had the tickets to go meet Randy Couture. So we went to this separate event. It was across the river in a nice swanky hotel meeting area type scenario. And in this place was probably more people than at the actual UFC event. Couture was at the end of this giant row with a line of people waiting to shake his hand and say hello. 
But instead of anything cool happening whatsoever, there was a guy, I, he said he was Randy Couture's best friend, and that he demanded that nobody try to speak to Randy, that all you do was shake his hand and move on, don't ask him for autographs or anything, and don't ask him any questions about the fight that night. Well, what the hell's the point of that? This guy was an idiot. He ruined our chance. I wanted to get something signed by him, a picture with him, you know, proof that I met Randy Couture. But instead, his complete douchebag of a friend decides he chooses what's going to happen that night. I'm pretty sure he did it because Couture lost. He was probably not in high spirits. But one cool thing did happen. When we were in the elevator to go to this event, who walks in? Vanderlei Silva. Yes, I rode in an elevator with Vanderlei Silva after a fight night, which he fought in. He must have showered or something because he didn't look all beat up and sweaty. Either way, I know he was heading to the charity event, and I thought in my mind that this guy was a giant. I was like, oh man, if I ever meet that guy, he's going to beat me up. So I mean, he's huge. He was not very big. He was like the size of me. I mean, maybe a little bit taller and definitely bulkier, like, the guy's ripped, and I knew at any given time throughout the elevator ride, he could have dropped both of us before we even went down one story. You know, it was it was cool to know that there was a guy in there who could have choked me out with one arm and knocked my friend out with the other before the doors opened in the elevator. Either way, fantastic night, good time, watched a lot of people I like lose, that sucks, and found out right after that that the UFC blacklisted Portland because nobody went to the event because people in Portland don't have 250 bucks to spend on a UFC ticket. We don't even have 20 bucks to spend on the Blazer games. That's why some of them are 15 for the nosebleeds, and that's where we go. I gotta admit, it was still fun, and I gotta give a shout-out to my friend Nathan Krupp. Much appreciated on that time, man. I'll never forget it. And, you know... It looks like UFC's coming back to Portland after all, folks, so keep an eye out for that. It's sure to be great. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today. It means the world to me, especially on a day like today where I just had a baby and added another child to my family, which was four and now is five, and I will talk to you tomorrow.